Greetings, listeners. This is Dr. Mia Carey, Chief Innovation Officer for the North American Veterinary Community and host of today's Vetfolio product podcast, sponsored by Elanco. Today we'll discuss Elanco's otitis product, Ocernia. Ocernia is indicated for the treatment of otitis externa in dogs, associated with susceptible strains of bacteria, Staphylococcus pseudintermedius, and yeast, Malassezia pachydermatis. It contains the combination of the antibiotic chlorphenicol, the antifungal terbinafine, and the steroid betamethasone acetate. We'll be talking with Dr. Tiffany Tapp, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist and owner of Veterinary Healing Arts in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. Thank you, Dr. Tapp, for joining us today. Welcome. Thank you, Dr. Carey. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, we are very excited to spend some time with you, and there's a lot of ground to cover, so we're going to just jump right in if that works for you. Yes. Excellent. So if you would, share with us some features that you like about Ocernia. I like that it's two doses applied a week apart for each affected ear. This is convenient for my clients. It helps to reduce the compliance issues of treating a patient with otitis externa. The applicator is easy to use, and the flexible soft tip helps make application comfortable for my patients, as patients' ears are often painful. Each dose is the same size and pre-measured, so it helps to ensure the patients all get treated adequately. I like that the gel formulation coats the surface of the ear canal with just a gentle massage of the ear. The active ingredients remain at high levels for weeks. Interesting. Dr. Tapp, you spoke about two doses. Do you typically apply both doses in the office or send home the second dose with the client? The label states that Ocernia should be applied in the clinic. In most cases, I do apply both doses in the clinic, so I can assess the patient before the second application. Occasionally, we're allowing them to do the second dose at home. That makes sense. And you spoke a little bit to the benefits of having that second dose in the clinic. Um, what are some additional benefits to having the client come into your practice for the second dose? By having the client come in for the second dose, I have the advantage of being able to clinically assess the ear prior to the second dose. And by applying the dose myself, I can also ensure it was applied correctly and give the client the peace of mind of knowing the medication was instilled correctly. Because many clients are unable to medicate their own dogs, they like being able to have us do it so they don't have to. Absolutely. So I'm getting a big picture of Ocernia. Tell me a little bit, what are some of the cases that you would consider not using Ocernia? Oh, okay. Ocernia is indicated for the treatment of Staphylococcus pseudintermedius and Malassezia pachydermatis. So those are the otitis externa cases I would use it for. I wouldn't use it in a very severe chronic otitis as those cases often require a much more intense therapy, which might also include oral medications or even a sedated or anesthetized ear flush. Got it. So let's continue along this line of safety for just another moment. What important safety information should veterinarians know about Ocernia? Ocernia is for otic use only under veterinary supervision. Do not use in dogs with known tympanic perforation or a hypersensitivity to fluorphenicol, terbinafine, or corticosteroids. Adverse reactions that were observed during the clinical trials included vomiting, increased liver enzymes, and transient loss of hearing. And for the complete product label, there is a link attached to this podcast. Oh, good. Thanks for that, Dr. Tapp. So let's take a step back and talk about disease management in general for otitis. What is your basic workup for an otitis case? Well, I start by getting a good history. History taking is so important in figuring out the why of otitis. 
I then do a thorough physical exam as well as an otic examination, and I always include a cytological exam of the ears so I know what type of infection I'm dealing with. Otitis cases have different layers, and it's important not only to assess the secondary infection type, but also to figure out what the primary, perpetuating, and predisposing factors might exist in any given patient. Wow, so that's a lot of great information there in terms of working up otitis. If you could narrow it down into your single piece of best advice that you would offer a general practitioner to make them more successful in treating their canine otitis cases, what would that be? Uh, cytology. I would encourage them to get adept at reading ear cytology. Because by learning to read cytology slides and assess the type and the severity of infection, then they are better equipped to know what's their best choice for treating that particular patient. And clients like to see it, too, because they like to see the results of their hard work. And if cytology can show them that the medication is working, the client is more motivated to follow up with treatment. I would also encourage them to look for the why of otitis. Rarely do we see just a primary otitis. Otitis can come about for primary reasons, so hypersensitivity disorders, parasitic diseases, foreign bodies. So just like using the correct antibacterial for the case is important, So is figuring out if the dog is food allergic, atopic, or has some other underlying reason for his infection. Great information. So we've looked a little bit about otitis in general. We've discussed Osernia from the practitioner viewpoint. What's the experience like for the dogs and for their owners with Osernia? As I mentioned before, I like the soft, flexible applicator because it helps to minimize the discomfort of application. This is an important consideration for painful infected ears. Also, I like that the formula is an alcohol-free gel. We tell clients to not clean the ear at home for 45 days. Clients appreciate knowing their dog is being adequately treated and they don't have to do anything at home. This also gives me the time I need to work on figuring out why the dog has otitis and not have to worry about the infection itself while we move on with, say, a food trial or a workup for atopic dermatitis. Now, I want to go back just a couple sentences there. You said that Ocernia requires a second dose at day seven. Let's talk about those expectations at day seven. What do you typically observe in the ears at day seven, and how would you treat and follow up at that point? Well, this can vary from case to case, but in most cases, there's minimal debris in the horizontal canal, and some debris might be caught at the outer canal opening or the tragal folds. The normal movement of debris in an ear is to move it up and out towards the ear opening. So in most patients, the ears are also noticeably less inflamed and the patients are more comfortable. So if clinically it appears to be working, then we will apply the second dose. Got it. I'm interested in your perspective as a veterinary dermatologist. How may what you are seeing in your practice differ from what referring vets may see? Well, Ocerny is useful for my allergic patients who are having a flare with the presence of a secondary yeast or bacterial otitis. And typically, those are the patients that a general practitioner is going to see more often. So I see the opportunity for using Ocernia to be even greater in a GP setting. I'm often adjusting my allergy treatment when my cases flare with otitis. So the infection might just be an indicator for me to do a better job with maintenance. Maybe the client had stopped cleaning the ears or they'd stretched the patient's allergy shot interval out too far. Otitis can often be recurrent, so our goal is to treat the current infection and then make adjustments to help prevent or minimize recurrences. Excellent. Well, what about rechecks, Dr. Tapp? When do you recommend the client return for that recheck appointment? Well, we try to do at least a mini recheck at day seven so we can apply the second dose of Osernia. 
Otherwise, I'd like to see the patient at 21 days so we can see how things are progressing and, again, work on the why of the otitis. Right. So the why of the otitis obviously is critical. And, you know, what most of us have seen and are aware of when thinking of otitis is that, you know, despite proper care, many dogs will continue to have a recurring ear infection. In your experience, Dr. Tapp, what percentages are due to underlying disease that has not yet been addressed? Well, I feel that over 90% of otitis cases are due to an underlying issue with allergy, hypersensitivity, food, atopy being the most common trigger. Often it's easy for a veterinarian to just treat what's staring them in the face and forget to treat the underlying cause. However, that is invariably going to lead to recurrence. Right. And, and so with that theme of recurrence, if you are in that situation, can you repeat the Ocernia protocol if the dog's otitis relapses? Yes. If the otitis relapses and the cytology indicates it's a Staphylococcus pseudonermidius and Malassezia pachydermidis, I'll repeat Ocernia treatment protocol. However, again, if the dog relapses with their otitis, this prompts me to try to figure out why. Did the owner not follow our protocol? Did we start a food trial and they never came back? Did our atopy treatment not work? Did the dog's otitis progress and is now beyond an otitis externa? So you mentioned resistance. What has been your experience, Dr. Tapp, using Ocernia in otitis cases where methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus pseudintermedius was actually cultured? Well, I found it to work in some of those cases and not in other cases. What about comparisons with compound ear packs? How does Ocernia differ from compounded ear packs? Well, the compounded products are often a lanolin base, and as the name implies, they're packed into the ear. And as a referring specialist, I've seen dogs that have suffered deafness or contact reaction from these products. And Ocernia is different in that it's FDA approved, it's pre-measured, so it helps ensure the right dose every time, and it's a gel formulation, so it coats the ear canal when the ear is gently massaged. Well, we've covered a lot of great information so far today, Dr. Tapp. I'd like to wrap up with just a few more questions and specifically talk about your experiences with Ocernia. First of all, in what type of cases do you use Ocernia? Well, I use it in cases where the owner or the dog can't tolerate a daily treatment. And these might be aggressive patients or even just the sweet little dog who runs and hides if the owner tries to apply medication. I often use it in my atopics who are having an otitis flare, and we can easily add this treatment to the protocol without overwhelming the owner with another thing to do. I like the look on an owner's face when I say, we'll do the treatment, and they realize they don't have to do any treatment at home. Absolutely. If you had to overall describe your experience with Ocernia, how would you say that has been? I found it to be convenient for my patients. I like the ease of application and the applicator itself and how easy it is to use. I found it to be effective in non-complicated otitis cases, and it allows me to treat the infection with ease and then go about the work of solving the mystery of why. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Tapp. I have found today's conversation with you to be very informative, and I appreciate your time so much. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Carey. Well, listeners, that's a wrap. We hope that you've enjoyed today's Vetfolio podcast on Ocernia, and have a great rest of your day.